0: Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast, I'm Andy Mitten, and I'm delighted to be joined by our first guest and this is a podcast which is only going to be about one player and it's the player who Manchester United have signed from Ajax Amsterdam this week, Donny van der Beek, Beek, and the first guest is Stephen Pienaar and Stephen speaks nine languages so he's definitely going to be able to tell me um, how to pronounce his name properly. What language do you want to do this interview in Stephen?
1: Do it in Dutch if you want to.
0: Yeah, you, c- you could properly call my bluffer, couldn't you? Because I wouldn't have a clue. I can't even say hello in Dutch. So tell us how to pronounce Donny's name in Dutch then. How's the proper way of doing it? Donnie van, Be- van der Beek. Okay, you played for I Ajax.
1: You said right.
0: All right, I'm happy with that. You played for Ajax. You're now a coach at Ajax. You played. For Everton, you played, you had a very good top flight career. We're not going to talk about what you did at Old Trafford for Manchester United, but you did stop the team winning the league, and I'm still not forgiving you for that. But what type of player have Manchester United bought in Donny this week? Because the fans are excited about it, but they don't really know too
1: much. Yeah, he's a very exciting player. You know, I think every coach uh, would want to have a a player of his calibre in his team. First of all, he's a young player. Uh, he came to the Ajax youth uh, system, so he knows how to play in small spaces. Um, for me, I'll I think uh, I'm gonna say something that some of the people might say I'm a bit crazy, but um, uh, if I look at Donny, he's a kind of player like he's got a bit of Frank Lampard in him. You mm-hmm. know, he's he knows where the goal is. He's a he uh, scores a lot of goals as a midfielder, so he can get into the box and. I think uh, he's a very, very honest player, very uh, technical, he's good on the ball, so I think United got a good player in him.
0: What's he like as a person? What's his personality like? Can he play in England?
1: I think he's got the the mindset. Um, Obviously this week uh, a lot of stuff came out about where he's from, um, in in Holland, in the press in Holland, uh, his background, Um, down-to-earth player. Um, he's not one of those players that you. I think you'll read a lot about him in the newspapers, uh, negative uh, in a negative way. Um, he's he's focused. Uh, got his family behind him, you know. Um, obviously, I think you guys also read about his best friend, Appy, that he, you know, he dedicated the number to him, his jersey number. So you know, he's he's got a he's got a good head on him.
0: And you've made the transition from playing in Holland and playing in Germany you played for Borussia Dortmund and then you went to the Premier League what are the differences
1: um i think i was fortunate you know uh, to make that next step to germany if you if you compare the dutch league uh, you know with the with the premier league there's there's a big gap in between and i think if you look back uh, a lot of dutch players that went over straight from the dutch league to the premier league um, how many did succeed, there's not a lot. There was always a, a step in between. So it's going to be interesting to see how Donnie will adjust if he gets enough time, which uh, I doubt he will, because obviously signing for one of uh, the biggest clubs uh, in the world. Uh, and if you, for example, if you look at uh, Dubai-Memphis, when he, when he went from, from PSV to, to United, it is a big step, you know. Obviously, uh, Donny played in the Champions League, um, went all the way to the semi-finals. He played also in the Europa League final. So, you know, there's, there's a difference. You can play the Champions League and you play eight games in the Champions League in a season. But um, the level of the, of the Dutch League compared to the Premier League, it's, you know, it's every week you have a tough game. And I think in Holland, there's times where I think some of the, the Ajax players or PSV players, they can go into a game and yeah, play on seventy percent and still come out uh, winning the game. So I, th- I think that's a big uh, difference. And for me, I was fortunate to have that step in Germany, which is another uh, tough league, strong league, and it prepares you physically and mentally for the Premier League.
0: I've spoken to some of the Manchester United coaches this week about why they signed him, and they said they saw goals in him. They thought it was a positive that he'd come through the academy. At the best club in Holland, uh, they liked his his um, age profile. Uh, the price, I think, was a, a realistic price. Um, they felt that he did a lot of running; that he was sharp. Uh, is this all an accurate assessment of, of how you see it?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll I'll agree with him. Um, uh, that's exactly what what I thought. You know, there was obviously a lot of speculations about him going to Spain, and personally, I thought. The Premier League will fit perfectly for him. You know, uh, the Spanish league is, is, is a different way of playing football. Obviously, you know, it's much slower than uh, than the Premier League. And for him, he's more, like I said earlier, he's a box-to-box player. He'll get into the box. He know where the goal. Uh, you know, for a midfielder that scores a lot of goals and he creates goals. So I think uh, the assessment is is is. 100% correct.
0: And one of the other assessments, again from a coach, was he's a good athlete with energy. He's halfway between a midfielder and a forward, so I think United see goals in him, and also the idea of strengthening the squad, which is about to play Champions League football, which looked pretty weak at times last year.
1: Um, yeah, let's not put a lot of pressure on Donny. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously he's gonna. Get, he must also get used to this new environment, new club, new league, um, new players. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously they need to strengthen a their team. If you look at Chelsea, Chelsea went out to get a lot of players. And um, obviously United, uh, I think, to be fair, if you look at what they, they, they've got, from, uh, Bruno in, in January did exceptionally well. And with Donny coming in, uh, I want to see how that combination is going to work with Pogba in there as well, you know, the three of them. Uh, it will be, be interesting to see how United play.
0: You've lived in Manchester as a Premier League player for a big club. What's it like coming to the city from abroad? Is it a good city for a footballer to live in?
1: Um, yeah, I yes, to, to, just to correct you. and uh, the I didn't stay. I didn't live in uh, Manchester. I was always in Liverpool. Oh, you stayed in, but, in uh, Liverpool? Obviously, yeah. Uh, I know from uh, from the guys uh, from the, my former teammates that uh, were based in Manchester. Um. Yeah, obviously, as a as Everton players, they they enjoy it, but uh, I think Donny uh, moving to Manchester is gonna be yeah like yeah, like uh, he's gonna be like a yeah a rockstar, but he he needs to keep focus and yeah you know he's there for a reason to play football to entertain the supporters and you know I hope uh, will succeed at United.
0: I was thinking that you'd live there because two of your other teammates did Aaron McWenna uh, who was a South African international and also Benny McCarthy and you know them both and I can hear you laughing in the background and my brother <laughs> my brother used to drive Aaron to training and uh, it wasn't a dull few years when when Aaron was living in Manchester the city has not forgotten about the axe living in Manchester I need to track <laughs> him down to see what he's doing but I can't say too much publicly but Aaron's a character I think that's fair to say
1: yeah definitely, um, him and Benny they're both two different characters and yeah you know when they were living there I always used to go and visit them when I was, uh, was uh, three so uh, yeah I know the, the city of Manchester on his own uh, quite well Benny's
0: such a brilliant Benny person to interview yeah. because yeah, he, um, he he talks, I mean he spoke to me about fighting with Jose Mourinho who he absolutely loves, he, he says really proudly that He's not allowed to go to La Coruña because the mayor won't have him there because he humiliated Deportivo La Coruña while playing for Celta Vigo, and he has no regrets there. And his former manager, I will punch his lights out if I ever see him again. And this is all—he's such a good That's character, funny. and he's a Man United fan as well. I'm going to let you have one minute, your moment in the sun. Right? What on earth went on in that game at Old Trafford? April 2012, Manchester United were about to win a 20th league title. You came to Old Trafford, you had a very good Everton team and David Moyes was doing very well there and it finished 4-4 and you scored. What went on?
1: And For us, uh, obviously that day, uh, it was a week after we lost to, to Liverpool in, a, in the FA Cup. so The guys were quite down. Um, I didn't play against Liverpool. I was cup tied at the time. So I was quite uh, fresh, you know. <laughs> I was buzzing, you know. I missed a big game. Um, I just wanted to go out and enjoy my day, you know. I was on loan at Everton at the time. So for me, it was basically, yeah, you know, playing against uh, a team that's going for, for, the, for the title at the time. What way is it, uh, you know, to show as a, as a team that we can bounce back, you know, after a defeat like that to, to Liverpool? And like you said, the, that the running into that game, we were playing quite well uh, as a team. We were unfortunate to, to lose to Liverpool, but for us it was basically just we have to get it right. And when you go three-one down uh, at Old Trafford, you think this is done and dusted. They've got it in the bag. But you know we just kept going at the end of the day. And yeah, for us it was you know we have to make a statement yeah, and just keep pushing and see if we can get back into it. We never. You know, we had the courage to just believe that we we can get back. But you know, and I was yeah, just for me, it was uh, one of those days uh, at the right time, <laughs> at the right place, and scored. You know, could have been anyone on the day. But uh, yeah, I was quite uh, lucky to be in, uh, in in that position. Stop, stop laughing!
0: If you wouldn't have scored, Manchester United would have had 21 league titles.
1: Yeah, they could have still win the league uh, if they went to City and. Uh, we're not, we're not going to talk you know, about that business. one. <laughs> the Vincent company game. Oh no. Oh yeah. no.
0: So you, you, you think that Donny's a decent sign-in and if the ingredients are right and the conditions are right you're pretty optimistic that he can do well in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, but we, we mustn't forget he also needs time to settle in. And yeah. I know this, he won't get it much time like other players used to get in the past. He, I'm sure he's, he's been training uh, obviously with a, with the with the COVID uh, nineteen, he's been training the whole this since uh, it, the league closed in Holland. Ajax were always training, and then he had a break, and then train had a break. So yeah, he's I think he'll be quite sharp. Uh, hope he gets the ground running as soon as possible. Keep doing the good work as a coach, uh, Ajax.
0: Maybe you'll be first team manager one day. I also know that you coach. Um, some other teams in your free time in Amsterdam and some of them include a lot of refugees and that sounds absolutely fascinating but if there's any wonderful players coming through I reckon as a payback you need to tell Mr van der Sar that the right place for him to go to is Manchester United in the future is that a fair deal?
1: (laughs) It depends, Uh, I'll tell you Everton (laughs) I know you would you know Now, um, yeah, for me, it's obviously it's all about learning. Uh, I'm new into coaching, so you know, every step that I take, every day that I spend on the field, it's, it's important for my development as a coach. I really appreciate your time, Stephen. Thanks, Andy. Have a good day.
0: When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? You don't want random passers-by looking in on you. So why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. You know that your internet service provider knows every single website that you visit. And what's worse is it can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who will use your data to target you. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity cannot be seen by anyone. We use ExpressVPN on our devices. It works on everything. Phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected even if they don't have ExpressVPN. And the best part is, using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the world's number one rated VPN by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and Countless Others. So, if like us you believe your online activity is your business, then secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com forward slash united today. Use our exclusive link expressvpn.com slash united and you can get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united. Pleased to welcome Gert, who is a Dutch journalist. Which newspaper do you write for, mate? I know you've told me, but I can't pronounce I it Dutch. I work for Algemeen Dagblad. Ah, yeah, the, the legendary Algemeen Dagblad. Is that right? <laughs> so, you're from Holland and you've lived yeah. in Manchester for a number of years. You came over with uh, Louis van Hal and you wrote a book on Mr. Van Hal, which I have here proudly on my bookshelf. I can't say I read it, mate, because it's it's in Dutch.
2: That <laughs> makes it slightly difficult, doesn't it? But yeah, that was very it was very good fun uh, writing that book in uh, in the 15 season. Uh, with Louis van Gaal in charge, can't say that football was brilliant, but uh, definitely he was box office. And um, oh, six years later, under um, under Solskjaer, Man United seemed to be back on track. And. Um, I'm looking
0: forward to to next season I really can't wait me too so your book was called Different Cook about Mr Van Hall but unlike him you stayed in Manchester do, do you like living in Manchester do you like the city I love
2: living in Manchester to, to, to be honest uh, at first I really thought like oh, oh man these winters are, are way too harsh for me and uh, you know why not move to London because you know that's where everything happens but, um, after a year or so I I completely changed my mind, and uh, I really started liking the people, the city, the atmosphere, the north uh, in general, and uh, and of course, you've got so much football going on here. I mean, there's so many professional football clubs just in and around Greater Manchester. Um, it's Obviously, you've got United, you've got City, but you've got Oldham as well. Uh, down the road, you've got Liverpool, Everton. Um, so, it's, it's probably the best... Place to be if you're a, if you're a football fan and a football journalist, and um, well, and in the Netherlands there's there's, there's so much interest in, in English football, the Premier League in particular. So for me, there's always been work, and um, either for uh, for the newspaper you just mentioned, Algemeen Dagblad, um, but for some magazines as well, and, um, and some other national dailies, and um, yeah, it's still going well, and um, even. Um, even during lockdown, so you can you can only imagine how much the Dutch love English football.
0: Yeah, it's, it's apparent and we've got a, a lad who's written a piece on Donny van der Beek, I think that's correct, in the next mag, and Imre, I've known him for a long time, he lives in Amsterdam and he's got a season ticket at Manchester United and at Ajax, uh, one of Manchester United's most loyal supporters is Eric from Rotterdam. That's what he's known as. And he's probably seen United play in 40 countries and he lives in Eindhoven now. Tell me what this means in Dutch. Zong en met in orde van onwinkling arrive van Haal aan het I'm trying to read your book here. <laughs> How on earth does anyone understand this? Well, well, you told
2: it from Manchester once told me like that the Dutch must must be a made up language because of all
0: these strange noises and and sounds we're making. But uh, <laughs> so, zinspellers and de fans in Estad Warren bijna om in ding drat Do you understand that? Not at all. Not a single word. <laughs> so tell us about the player that United have signed. I know you're based in Manchester, but. you you, you do get the noise from Holland yes you do watch the Dutch national team you are Mm. fully aware of what's going on in the Eredivisie is that right? Eredivisie that's
2: correct Eredivisie yeah um, I actually saw him play first when when he was 16 he was at a future tournament I think it was in May uh, 1 May I can't remember which year it was but he was 16 so it must have been 2013 I reckon and and I was a big international tournament with, a, I think, a team from Brazil. Underlect um, was there, um, and it was the Ajax. And um, it, and the tournament was mainly about under-19s. And um, there was one pitch. I wasn't the main pitch. Uh, I had a bunch of 16-year-olds on there, uh, obviously all wearing an Ajax shirt but they were playing a Brazilian side and that Brazilian side was very highly touted and actually you know, most of the scouts were were there, so I thought, like, you know what, I'm going to have a look and I saw this blonde kid and he was absolutely brilliant and um, after about three minutes or so, I saw him make a goal did that. he basically opened the defence he just put one pass and uh, a striker, I can't remember his name, um, I still believe he's in a He's a professional footballer, but uh, he's, he's caught the goal straight away. And I turned around and I was like, God, who's that bloke? And then uh, he started laughing. He said, "Like, well, that is the big Donny van der Beek. And um, he, he's been touted by Frank de Boer. He absolutely adores him. And uh, no doubt he's going to be a superstar. I said, are you, are you serious? He said, yeah, yeah, this is definitely going to be the next superstar. And you see his teammate there, um, Nouri, he's probably even better and and the best thing is they're best mates and that was seven years ago and unfortunately Nori had heart problems, he collapsed in in, in pre-season a couple of years ago and uh, will never be a professional footballer anymore Um, he's he's bad struck and uh, and Donny van der Beek has made it, so Frank de Boer was right Dennis Burkham was right, Overmoss was right, everyone down at the Tukums uh, was right Um, and now he's Hopefully, going to be the next big thing at, uh, at United, but he's
0: been great. Are expectations too high if you say he's going to be the next big thing? Because I yeah. think United fans have welcomed him absolutely mm-hmm. as a sign in. I think he's got good pedigrees, come from a good club, through a good youth system. I know for a fact that the coaches see goals in him, they see him as being versatile. They need players of his calibre for the Champions League uh, this season. But is he a player who's still growing and, and still improving? He's not the completed player by any stretch. I mean, he's only 23. He's, he's not an established Dutch international yet. It's very true. And there is a reason why. Because, because defensively,
2: offensively, there's still quite a few things he needs to work on. Yes, he can pick a pass. Uh, yes, he can score a goal. Uh, yes, he has a very... He, he's, he's got very great spatial awareness. But he's definitely not the finished article. And um, I'd say at United he should really work on on, on focusing on being a, a perfect understudy for, for for players of the likes uh, of, of Fernandez, obviously uh, a pure ten, and and Pogba maybe in, in, in a slightly more defensive role. But he's really got to uh, got to got to graft and and, and try to find um the next gear because in the Netherlands he seemed to have reached um, his ceiling, so to speak. Uh, but there is definitely so much space for for improvement. He's improved basically every single year, um, physically as well. Because when I first met him in twenty thirteen, he was a he, a fairly tall but also very skinny kid, and um, it's taken him quite a while to to bulk up. And um, yes, yes, he did have silky feet straight away. But um, every now and again, a bit too Lexi Daisy. Um, but you must remember the match against Tottenham Hotspur when they went out in the Champions League. Uh, I recall another match against Chelsea uh, when he was good for about I'd say fifty minutes, and then he kept, then he kind of drifted up. And um, well, those are things he definitely has to work on. But uh, yeah, give him a year or so, and we'll see what he can do. Um, I'm quite positive, and, and clearly, clearly at United as well, that he can reach... Um, at the next level but obviously we're going to have to wait and see because not all Dutch players uh, have been the success in Manchester Uh, just look at Memphis Depay for example Uh, that didn't quite work out obviously there were various reasons but you know for footballers there there are always reasons to not succeed Um, so only a few make it at United and um, yeah
0: I'm positive but um, like you say we have to wait and see you mentioned Memphis, I was going to do the same. I can mm-hmm. remember when he signed, I went to Eindhoven and I spoke to Philip Cocu, I spoke to the club's general manager and they said, you've bought an absolute star and they were so proud that he was going and it didn't work out for various reasons and one was his attitude within the dressing room mm-hmm. and his personality. Nobody doubted his talent, but even when he went to Leon, the players were not having him at first. What do you know about Donny's uh, personality and... I'd assume we can speak perfect English because you Dutch people learn a new language every day after breakfast. <laughs> well,
2: and on top of that, his girlfriend is uh, Dennis Burksgem's daughter. So she yeah. was most likely born in London. So um, he basically got himself a private tutor at home. So so that will be a big help as well. But um, he's kind of the opposite of uh, of Memphis Depay, I'd say. You know, whereas uh, Memphis Depay was perceived as being quite brash and flash, and, um, you know, so someone they like would call in Manchester, a flesh bastard, he's he, he's literally he's literally the opposite. He's he, he's very calm um, and has never been big-headed, and uh, he's definitely not the kind of player who would immediately buy himself the most expensive car and and, and, and drive around, uh, you know, Dean's just to just to prove you know how rich he is. He's he's the kind of guy who will probably. Um, right fairly early at the training ground and will definitely um, stay behind as well to, uh, to work on his physique, you know, just to get stronger. And um, he will be listening to all the players uh, and, you know, might even you know, team up with Pereira if he stays because, you know, Pereira, as you know, speaks Dutch as well and uh, it's it a very nice let as well. So, it's, um, in that sense, I think he'll be more or less the perfect student.
0: That's great to hear your thoughts. That's Gert Langendorf. And I'm delighted that you've settled in Manchester and you like it. And I look forward to seeing you next season, Gert. Likewise. I'd like to welcome Arco, who runs the big Ajax podcast. Book Schaal. I've not pronounced that correctly, have I, Arco?
3: No, but A for effort. No, it's Buck Schaal. It's, it's uh, Get the Cup, So in short, yeah. Thanks for having me, Andy.
0: And you're an Ajax fan, you're based in Amsterdam, you've uh, you travelled to watch your team, home and away, and you've just lost one of your best players. Can you give me the definitive pronunciation of Donny van de Beek?
3: No, that's, that's completely right, actually. Donny van de Beek.
0: Donny van de it's Beek.
3: Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. We're still we're still in in mourning, so to speak. Uh, it, it, uh, in the end, it went quite fast because his his transfer had been in the air for at least half a year, maybe more, with everyone expecting him to go to Spain, to to Real Madrid or or Barcelona. But then uh, that never happened. But it was completely clear that he would leave before our next season would start off, would kick off, because he's he's. Done learning at Ajax, so to speak.
0: You say you're upset, and you sound confident, or like this is just normal. This is just part of the process for players at Ajax. You expect them to leave. I mean, if Manchester United's best players left season after season, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't show that. I'd sound so um, sprightly as you do.
3: No, at at some at some level, there's this confidence that someone will stand up and take his place. Although. Although that's not, you know, it's not one-on-one that that happens every time, but um, yeah, we actually need that money to to, to keep our uh, uh, books uh, in the clear and, and, and keep uh, getting new players from Brazil or, or, or Argentina who are the next big thing. Uh, otherwise, we we can't exist. We don't have uh, any glazers uh, in in the background. But, um, no, and, and for Donny, it's, it's like, it's, it's one of our best players to leave. But it's also, he's, he has more of this, like, your, your little brother making it big feel. He wasn't captain material, or not, not yet anyway. And he was, you know, uh, he's, he's the kid. You, you really, you want him to succeed and you want him to have everything. It, it, it was time. He's never played for a different club than Ajax in all his life. So, you know, this might be the right moment.
0: I think the Glazers will take money out of Manchester United rather <laughs> than put in. But
3: yeah, the, that's true.
0: I think the, the, <laughs> the broadcasting revenues set the Premier League apart, and I know the the, the Premier League's always had more money and larger average crowds than, than the, the league in Holland. But it's the broadcasting revenues which allow you know Bournemouth to take to to buy players from the top teams in Italy. Well, before before they went down. So right, with yeah. Ajax, with COVID, it's become more pronounced. As it, you, you have to sell to survive. Even though you get fifty thousand every week, even though you buy far and away the biggest club in Holland, even though you're playing Champions League football, you still have to sell.
3: Yeah, the money's pouring out left and right. If, it, if it, there's no income, if there's no revenue, you're right.
0: So Donny came through the the youth system. Um, what were his first games like? Um, what type of person is he?
3: Well, oh, he's, he's, uh, he's a modest kid. He's from a small village, and he's you know he really has this air about him that he's you know he likes to go fishing with his mates or play cards. He's he's really simple, down-to-earth kind of guy. You know, he's not one of those flashy guys from the city of Amsterdam. You know, big mouth, uh, uh, full of uh, swagger and arrogance. No, he's 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 very. Uh, modest in in a way, and he he came up with uh, with his best friend from the youth academy uh, Abdul Nouri uh, I think you're familiar with the, with the story, or you, if your listener's not not so familiar with the, with him, he uh, he had a, a heart seizure, heart failure uh, in a training camp a couple of summers ago, uh, and he never fully recovered, or expect, uh, that's not the expectation anyway. Uh, but they were, you know, they were inseparable, and everybody always thought they were going to be running Ajax together at some point. Uh, and and uh, that's, you know, why he chose the number 34 uh, on his shirt. That was uh, Nuri's number, and uh, lots, lots of Ajax academy players have done so. who Went on to other clubs, but anyway, he he and Nuri, did, you know, you always n- named them in one breath. And there's this one famous video. That's this football artist, so to speak, like a YouTuber who is really good at, at the technical part of football. Tuzani, and he had them always on when they were youth players, and they, uh, you know, they went on the streets of Amsterdam, and they they were playing football like their lives depended on it. And you just saw the the pleasure, the pure pure football pleasure they were, you know, they they're an example of. And you know, this was like only five six years ago, but. Me and my mates in in the halftime of of games, we would watch these YouTube videos, and we would like, wow, oh, I can't wait for these guys to come to the first team, you know. And and when Donny came, he he um, succeeded in part uh, Davy Klaassen, who also went to the Premier League, which was not a huge success, to put it mildly. Uh, but he he really made the gradual ascent, if you know what I mean. You know, it wasn't like bam, there's Donny. It's like He kept improving and improving and became more important with every match. And at some point he became, uh, uh, yeah, how do you say it, unmissable. We couldn't do without him anymore.
0: When it became clear that he was signing, I spoke to a Dutch friend of mine who used to work for Valtball International. And I said, what's your take on him? And he replied, good player, we'll need to gain some power, but technique, pace and vision are really good. Uh, attacking midfielder, best going deep without the ball, combinations with strikers around the box, not yet a, a full starter in the national team and and I tweeted that and I think people appreciated the info, although I did have some people saying, you're supposed to be a European football journalist, you're supposed to know everything about him <laughs> <laughs> the, the, tr- the truth is I've seen him play once live and that was a game you're probably not going to forget, it was the best game I saw last year, it was in the Bernabeu when uh, ajax beat european champions real madrid it was absolutely incredible and it at, was. The, at the end of the game and i wrote a big piece on the culture of ajax fans I, I took an image of the ajax fans singing always look on the bright side of life and i tweeted it and it went completely viral especially when gary lineker copied in eric Idle, who wrote the original song for life of brian right and um it was great because I'm not an Ajax fan, I'm not a Madrid fan. I just went there to cover the game as a journalist and, and, <laughs> and thought, wow, you were there. Is it, was this like yeah. the, the high point of, of recent years being an Ajax fan?
3: Yeah, ever, ever, I grew up as an Ajax fan in the 90s. Uh, so, you know, I was a spo- spoiled football kid, so to speak, because that's when all the big successes uh, went on. Uh, but after then, there was a severe drought in. and. Even I started to doubt, like, all these things we say about Ajax being special and, and you know, uh, uh, the love of the game is, is fi- clearly visible in our game. You, you couldn't really say that for a long time. And I, that season, that game, it was like, yes, this is, this is why I love Ajax. This is why I love football. And, yes, I was one of the people um, on the stand singing Always look on the bright side of life when you were there. So I was on the other side of the, of the looking glass, so to speak. Um, yeah, and and Donny came up in that season. I mean, he's, um, I think uh, your 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 context absolutely right. He's you know he's he's still growing. I mean, uh, I think United bought bought him on you know like a, like not a complete player yet. But and I don't think he he will be seen as such coming into the, the the first squad. You know, nobody hopefully expects him to. You know to beat the the other midfielders instantly out of the the base out uh, out of the the first eleven the starters but um yeah i think he, he to call him a utility player is a bit of a it's it's downplaying him but he's he's very very useful and he's he has such a knack for being in the right place at the right time like or or giving the, the decisive pass and, uh, if you if you if you Rewatch games with him. It's like, and sometimes if you rewatch a game, it's like, oh, someone should have been there in that place. And he has the, 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 the mentality, the, the capacity, the, the insight to be in that place. And I think, you know, if he has to relearn a lot of things in the Premier League, but he has that skill. And that's not something you can train from zero. You have to have that instinct. And he does have that.
0: Am I allowed to ask you about the 2017 Europa League final in Stockholm?
3: <laughs> yes, I was there too. It's a very, very painful memory, yes.
0: I thought the, <laughs> I thought one thing that struck me before the game, uh, 90 minutes before the game, the entire Ajax half of the stadium was full and singing Bob Marley. And the United section was 20% full because you just couldn't get those fans out of the pub. And it just really struck <laughs> me the difference between English and the rest. Because yeah. everyone else would be in early for the final, and uh, I tweeted a picture of it, and people were saying, "Well, w- why would you leave the pub? What, what's wrong with yeah. you?" Five minutes before the game, and I just thought, yeah. English we, and the rest."
3: We, we felt, we felt quite well. I did I anyway. Mean, felt quite small that day. I mean, a, a good good friend of mine is uh, he's Dutch, but he's a big United fan. You know, he he goes regularly, and um, going up to the final. You know, I was so so. You know, full of this. Is, we're going to get. We're going to win. You know, I, every match we've, we've played, we we played, we managed to you know completely either by luck or by skill, we we overcome, our, our opponents. And he's like, he dropped me off at the airport actually, and he said, "Mate, you you know you're not going to win this one. I, I really really love you as a friend, but there's no just no way that, that there's such a difference in in." squad depth and I mean there's Marshall he, he was like 80 million euros and he's on the bench and I was like what? What?" <laughs> and uh, he, he got me out of this this dream, this this tunnel of, of, of you know success is guaranteed kind of vibe and, and then I uh, took a look at the, uh, the, like the bookies, the, the ratings for the game and they were like completely in favor of United and I was like oh mate and, and uh, Edwin van der Zahr gave a speech before the match to, the, to some Ajax supporters. And he was, it was like more like a concession speech. Like, well, it was, <laughs> it was nice we made it this far. And, you know, you should be proud. And it's like, wait, we haven't played the game yet. And you're already in this, in this mood. And then I, I went to the, to the stadium almost sulking. And, you know, it, it, it was completely true. I mean, there was, there was just no moment in that game that we were, like, ever going to win it. And then Danny Daily Blind playing at, uh, at Mourinho's side was, was quite harsh, yeah. I
0: think, to be fair to Mourinho, he played a beautiful tactical game that night. He, 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 he completely cancelled us, yeah. yeah. You mentioned Blind and Van der Sar. How are those mm. two doing at Ajax? How are they uh, viewed by uh, Ajax supporters?
3: Well, Van der Sar always, you know, he, he was a very uh, beloved goalkeeper, but no one ever thought he's going to run the club one day, you know, personality-wise. Um, but, but Johan Cruyff saw it differently. Uh, and, you know, his first steps in, in management and, in like, presenting himself to, to the fans, but also in, in, like, a business capacity, it was awkward, to say the least. But he he's grown so much. I mean, I think it's, it's a good par- parable with... With Donnie van der Beek, you know, he's, he's like this modest guy, not very, very uh, outgoing and loud and extroverted. But now no, he he runs the show now. You can tell, you I know, mean, the way he's, he speaks into the microphone or the way he moves about in 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 in, in upper echelon management situations. I think it's really impressive, um, and I think people like Donny actually expect him to leave at some point. I think he and Overmars. Really want one more big success with Ajax uh, internationally. I, I don't think in terms of winning the cup, or, but repeating what happened in 2019, um, and then he might be off to you guys or some other, uh, you know, bigger league. Yeah. And as for Blint, it's a uh, it's a very uh, difficult situation at the moment. Um, I don't think I, you know, we need to go into that completely, but he's uh, he's had tr- he's struggling with heart problems. Uh, and he had a uh, operation, and he, you know, he had some trouble with the last uh, uh, friendly match we played. So it's not sure when he will be back. It's, uh, but he's, yeah, he's the son of a big Ajax captain, and it's, it's very tragic that he won his big international trophy against Ajax. But, you know, he's, 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 he's been amazing for us.
0: I've really enjoyed talking to you. I'd love to see you if Manchester United. Get Ajax in the Champions League <coughs> this year. We did. I'd go love to, to, yeah. We did go to Ajax, to Amsterdam last year because United played AZ, and the game was was switched to Den Haag. So all right, quite yeah. Quite a few of us were based in Amsterdam, and I've been over there a lot. So I I wrote a big piece on Ajax final for a book on derbies, and of all the derby games I saw in the world, I didn't see one. With a security operation as comprehensive as IX <laughs> against Fineord. There was, it's, there was it's a beleaguers. incredible. There were seven lines of like stewards, police, police horses, police vans, <laughs> army, missiles, nuclear warheads, and then <laughs> yeah, and helicopters. Then, helicopters. I mean, there were helicopters. The, and yeah. the, the Fineord fans came in on a train which had been run deliberately slow with the windows closed so that it was warm and they became drowsy, and they put them straight through a tunnel into the away end, and then the next day I went to Feyenoord to speak to the hooligans, let's be honest, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the Ajax fans I was I we was, I was were also hooligans, and the, the Feyenoord fans were saying, okay, you've been there, what, what did they say about us? And, <laughs> I, and, and, I, and I'd say, well, actually, they said, you've got the best atmosphere in, in Holland, in, in De keep. Really? They, they said that. They said it publicly. <laughs> I, I said, "Yeah, okay, then." Then we have to admit they've had some fucking great teams over the years. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's like the boys and the girls on on the, on the schoolyard, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> well, it'd, well, be, uh, it'd yeah. be great to see IX back at Old Trafford. I loved it when your fans came for the Europa League game. It was one of the best away followings we've ever seen, and I know the football fan culture runs deep. Uh, in, yes, in your it's, city and in your country.
3: And I love, uh, Manchester is such a great city to, go, to come to, to on an away day. So I really hope to, to get there this season, or if, if it's at all possible with COVID or next season. Get, get some accents in there, please. But no, but um, <clears throat> thank you for your time. Please take good time. Uh, please take good care of Donny, please, for us. We will. <clears throat> he, he, can, he can be your next uh, Paul skulls.
0: Well, if he's half as good as Skulls, there will be no complaints at all. All right. (laughs) So that's it for this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our three guests. Uh, We'll bring you another podcast soon. And we're working on the next United We Stand, issue 307. Uh, It's packed. We've got loads of stuff that has been sent in. We've got some really nice stuff in there. Interviews with uh, Wes Brown, with Doves, with the clued-up Palace fan. All the regulars, cartoons, got a snipe just to cut through some of the shit about all the transfer nonsense and give you a bit more information if you've got the brains to read between the lines and tell you what's going on at Manchester United at the moment. So the mag is out on the 15th of September. If you want to order a subscription for the season, just go to our website, uwsonline.com. And it's the current fanzine of the year. We can send you the next 10 issues anywhere in the world, uh, you might want to consider a digital subscription if you don't prefer uh, print and it's slightly cheaper so that you can read it on your phone or on your iPad or on your computer and if you just want to order a single issue uh, we are offering that uh, that facility because we don't have any games to sell the mag at, at the moment, so if you send PayPal us $3.99, ideally by friends and family if you know us and trust us um, that cuts out a huge commission which PayPal take of 41 pence of the three pounds a cover price, and that's for a UK address. So if you PayPal that to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk with your name and address, we'll make sure you get sent a copy out. If you want to order the next two, just double it up, or next three, um, it's 3.99 for each one. Um, for the Republic of Ireland or Europe, it's 5.49 for each one and for the rest of the world it's 599 or you can just subscribe and then you get the next 10 issues sent fresh to you box fresh from uh, as soon as we receive it from the princess until next time goodbye